if nothing else, this movie has finally made me realize why I have such a hard time throwing things away. Yeah, that explains why you're a hoarder. No, in serious, like, it just occurred to me now that, yes, I could throw away these crafts that I did back when I was six, and I haven't thought about since that day, but it represents something. It has feelings. It's it's not trash. It's an important memory of my life. That and Inside Out, both really wrecked with how I really view my life. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we can't throw away the Barbies that you never played with. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and that's why we can't get rid of the Polly Pockets, because finally someone has acknowledged that Polly Pockets were a thing. Those little death traps that no child should have been allowed to play with, but they were so awesome. Polly Pockets were never awesome. Ex no! <laughs> You're baiting me. You're baiting me. Polly Pockets were the shit. No, they weren't. Mighty Maxes were the shit. Oh, come off it. Mighty Max, it could only do one thing. With Polly Pockets, you open it up and there's this cool little world inside, but sometimes the whole world itself was actually also a handbag or a mirror or an art kit. Sometimes you open it up and there were colored pencils and stamps inside. Sometimes you open it up and there were little bows for your hair. You do realize Mighty Maxes were like the boy versions of Polly Pockets, right? I know. I'm saying you guys really got screwed over on that. You could have had Polly Pockets and they stuck you with Mad Maxes because they were blue. It's okay. I'll take Tech Techs. <laughs> Which we actually just saw a commercial for today. Oh, they're making a comeback, those tech decks. How, 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 how? I was just reading that there are professional sports events for tech decks, like with cash money prizes and sponsorships. I'm, I'm sorry to drop this so early in the episode, but you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> now, do not get me wrong. There has got to be some skill involved with pushing... A miniature skateboard with your fingers. I can't do an but, ollie either which way. But the level of respect I have for Tony Hawk versus the guy who thinks he's the Tony Hawk of Tech Decks is vastly different. To be fair, the Tony Hawk of Tech Decks is probably Tony Hawk. I hope not. I hope he does better things with his time no you know? the man isn't he can't retire he has to keep going and now that his whole body can't do it anymore now he lets his fingers do the walk-in no he lets his fingers do the walk-in on twitter and tells everyone how he doesn't really ever get recognized completely people in airports tony hawk huh oh like like the skater exactly like yes well oh. here's your id back bye oh hawk like that skater i wonder what he's doing now this <laughs> Him and the people running the Wendy's Twitter feed are doing a great job making that place just a little bit brighter in all the darkness. Oh, but yeah, I uh, I don't know what to think about with my toys because I had a lot of toys growing up and uh, I definitely got rid of a lot of them. That's what I'm saying. Like This is terrifyingly tragic. The more these go on, the more you just have to sit back and realize what a monster you were what monsters we all are turns out it was man <laughs> turns out she's elizabeth he's aaron and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea and we throw in random futurama references all the time whenever possible <sighs> liz why don't you hit us with that plug party sure you can find us on facebook at married to the idea you can email us at married to the idea reviews at gmail.com and you can check out the website MarriedToTheIdea.Weebly.com. We update it with our episodes, uh, with links to all the stuff in case you forget it, and our Patreon page, where if you want to throw something into the Sponsor Dome or just want to give us a shout-out and say that we're doing good, that is a place to show your monetary affections. Yeah, if you have an idea for an episode or if you want to have you know the name shouted out of your guinea pig or... Or a soliloquy to the toy that you lost back when you were seven at the RV park and... Has oh, Wooly Wally, how I miss thee putting a penis on your face and little black metal shavings. I may have forgotten you, but you never forgot me, did you? Oh, Wooly Wally. Oh, oh, Wooly Wally.
I don't know what this impression is of. I don't know either, dear. <laughs> Today's show is not brought to you by Wooly Wally, but it is, in fact, brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. We are still in the month of Disney, which means that until we go see Spider-Man Far From Home, <laughs> we're going to talk about Toy Story 4. The second least looking forward to of the Disney movies this summer, to be honest, Tim BB, like that's what I was thinking walking in. I mean, like we're we have not seen Dumbo, nor are we going to see Dumbo, and technically Dark Phoenix is a Disney property, but I have no intention of seeing that. You know what I mean by Disney. I don't mean Marvel Fox subsidiaries. I mean straight up we're gonna animate some lions here uh but toy story 4 probably the least likely of any sequel that i could possibly think of i think i just want to talk about that for a bit because it was so unnecessary the concept of toy story 4 the whole arc of the toy story trilogy so perfectly mirrored the paths of the children who were watching it as they grew up we watched it when we were kids. We had graduated and were in college when Andy went to college. All of these lifestone, um, touchstones, milestones in our lives, all hitting at the exact same time, mirroring our own growing up and our own learning to let things go. All perfectly tied up together. Perfect send-off, that third movie. Perfect, perfect little send-off. And then four came along. It was a perfect send-off to an extent. I had this discussion during trivia the other night and people are asking me why don't I think Toy Story 3 is a better movie than it is and it's because it has to stand with 2 and 1. And two the is villain the 2 is incredible. 2 is only surpassed by 1 because of the technological advancements that 1 was and the uh the groundbreakingness of it all uh the but number three uh there's so many problems with three i think the main thing with three is that there's an actual villain not an antagonist a villain someone with no redeeming qualities someone who's just there to be a blockage in the path of our heroes yeah, do, do am, am I allowed to uh, rant about this villain? I give you 30 seconds, go. Lotso is the worst villain, not because of how he treats the characters, not because of his actions, which uh, both of those options are absolutely loathsome, but simply because he does not get any kind of comeuppance, or rather, his comeuppance is absolutely nothing. He gets nothing at the end. Uh, the first two uh, quote-unquote villains, Sid gets tormented, even though he's a child, and uh, Stinky P gets tormented by a child, and he's not mint condition anymore, or he would not be mint condition anymore. Lots of hugs, just gets put on the front of a truck. That's fucking it. That's it. He doesn't get ripped apart. He doesn't get thrown into the incinerator. He doesn't get any kind of comeuppance that is deserving of his character. He literally put these toys on a conveyor belt to fucking die. That character needed a better arc than we just got. Fuck you, Lotso. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm cutting this whole part out. No, you're fucking not. I don't like Lotso. A lot of people know this uh, that I have talked to. I don't like Lotso. That was a real catharsis for you, I see on your face. Nope, it literally gave me a migraine. Oh, no. Well, let's focus on four then, shall we? I did want to say that three had a lot of great moments, and they overshadowed the rest of the movie. This movie actually... It's not as strong as two, but I think it's stronger than three. I think that you are correct. At this point in a series, 
you kind of get to your legacy characters where you don't have to give everyone equal time, which is good because there's like 20 toys in this cast. It's crazy how big this thing is. Uh, Jesse, whose arc was integral to two and was super important, barely gets anything in this one. And I think three did a better job incorporating all the characters just because they all had to work together to get out of the situation. I'm thinking of like Mr. Potato Head sticking his body parts onto a tortilla and uh, oh, yeah. like all these like things like that. But in this one, it was it was all about Woody. And it got me thinking, I guess it was it's always, always been about him. But in this one, it's about him, not his child. And it's sort of sad. I keep trying to think of the theme. Like, what is the overall theme? And the first one, it's that even if you aren't the best, there's nothing better than being loved by a kid. And he has to come to terms with Buzz. And they have to... Buzz has to learn how to be a toy and Woody has to learn how to share. And then we get the second one where Woody learns that one day he will grow obsolete and his child won't love him anymore. Um, but that's okay because, again, the love of a child is worth it all. And he has to teach Jesse that, that it's okay to try again. And in the third one, you can't stay with your kid forever. Sometimes they will grow up and it's time for you to go and be with another family. All these themes. But with the fourth one... It's a lot more existential. The kid is almost incidental. It's Woody learning how to deal with this life that he basically helped create. And in doing so, coming to terms with his what he wants out of life. And how being loved by a kid is great, but he still, at the end of the day, feels like his purpose has been served. And there's that's it. He has nothing left. What is he? What does he offer? There's nothing more for him to do. No matter how many times he does this, he's always going to be replaced again and again and again. It's very existentially dark for a children's movie. Yeah, this one, especially with Forky. This one was the most dark out of the movies. So and I mean, dark. The second one got dark and got existential because when she loved me. St- Still makes me cry, and I've seen that movie in the double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one definitely is dark. Not like oh, it's scary. Though it does have some jump scares. Like I'm pretty sure uh, the the people behind us kicked our seats out of fear. No, I think that was it too. Like they were frightened. <laughs> uh, there, at least one time. Not to spoil anything. I mean, I don't we're think, not really spoiling. I don't think anything. it spoils the trailers. Uh, give a lot away as usual but not not as much as i thought they would not or i did much. yeah i thought it was gonna be a lot honestly i thought it was gonna be a lot more diving into what makes a toy a toy and forky's existence i thought it was gonna be like all about that it is that is a footnote in this guys it yeah, is not that is, at all that is like that. that is like it's wh- the basis. Wh- what makes me a toy mm, no. blah, and then that's it and it's like uh, okay this movie really reflects i think an adult sensibility as opposed to a child sensibility the first one so simple kid next door uh, like like it has two levels one is the scary kid next door hurting the toys and the toys have to escape that's for the kids on the other level is for adults learning that you can be replaced but that's okay because what you have is precious and you need to learn to share like it's it's good on both levels two and three work similarly but this one by the end of it i'm thinking there's 10 solid minutes of this that is just for adults and just all of your legacy characters saying goodbye and hugging and smiling and i'm just thinking this is not for the kids it's it's fun and colorful and bright and cartoony and it's got lots of jokes and it's got lots of fun but these are not there's not a kid theme in here there's not in fact it the the kid parts drag it down a little bit yeah because it's uh, they're definitely trying for some adult themes not even just existentialism but it's like what is my purpose yeah whether I'm, maybe I'm, you know, he even says what he says that to Forky. You know, you may not want to be a toy, but you are. So deal. Like, it's all very adult, guys. There's, I don't know what to make of it anymore. The toys, the the, the youthful toy bright color is, is a facade at this point. The stories they're telling are 
just old. They're just adults. And that's why the kids started kicking my seats. That, 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 and, you know, ah, no, mom, what's that? for the last 10 minutes because they were like, there's nothing to keep them because we were just literally talking about saying goodbye to those you love and learning how to let go of what you thought you knew about your life. It was a midlife crisis of a movie is what it was. <laughs> there's there's definitely some moments where kids were asking questions and like I'm sure the parents were like, how do I explain this to my child? I don't even know exactly how to explain it to myself. And I'm like... I, I, you know, I kind of feel you out there, uh, parents, because that's that's tough. Yeah, the movie's not interested in explaining to you how Forky has sentience. That is not the point of this movie. No. It's not here to say, like, that. Like, so is all trash sentient? That he knows what trash is? You know, like, uh, Buzz Lightyear thought he was a space ranger. Does Forky think that he, he thinks he's trash? Not even a spork, not even a utensil that's been used. And it's like, oh, that's what my duty is. I want to get back to the kitchen. That's where I belong. It's no, I'm trash. I've like, been used. I'm, I'm supposed to be used for yogurt, maybe some chili, soup even. And then I'm to be thrown away. Again, guys, that's super dark. Uh. They even make the comparison. Oh, you make, I make her feel warm. And, and cozy and slightly Safe. squishy. Oh, I get it. You're trash. Like me. We're both trash. We're her trash. I'm like, oh my god. I don't know what to make of any of this anymore. Are all my little Lego bricks sentient? Are my books sentient? I love them and I've written my name in them. Are they all alive now on my bookshelf? Answer these questions. I don't know what to think I of this. Gosh. Okay. Because like they're oh. at one point, uh, they show like um, almost like a, a precious moments type kind of things where it shows like pre- uh, age progression, and I'm like, oh my god, do precious moments have sentience? Like, if like Bo Peeps like sheep have sentience, then hmm. <laughs> let's talk feminism because I always do. Uh, thank. Ugh. I know. Uh, it's Elizabeth's feminism corner. Uh, do we have to re- really do it to bring politics into this? Shut up. Thank you for bringing back Bo Peep and giving her an awesome character. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's, she's uh, gosh, I'm not ragging on the original, but she was there just to be Woody's support structure. And then a flirt to Buzz for some reason for just a minute. And then I love Jessie. Jessie is my girl. I love her to pieces. I really dig Bo Peep's character that since she got sh- sh- <laughs> shunted from house to house, from kid to kid after a while, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go live my own life. I still want to hang out with kids, uh, but I'm not going to be any one kid's toy. There's so many kids in the world. There's so many places I could see. I could go do all of that. It's like this great message of it she kind of reminded me of like a cool aunt like someone who's like I don't want to have my own kids but I love kids and I want to be around them and I want to play with them and I'm not going to freak out if they get on me or something it's just not my life it's not who I am anymore and I couldn't tell if the movie was trying to do that or if it was just something that I was interpreting it as but I do like that she's like this uh Mad Max technician leader of uh this playground she was very much a improved character but she had her flaws and and it really showed and i like that she didn't freak out when something happened to her but at the same time there it showed that that she was fragile in more ways than one yeah um she definitely was not like Oh, I'm just a kick-ass woman. Don't stand in my way. Oh, no, it no. Was not, it was not a, like how a guy would try to write, uh, like myself, would try to write a kick-ass woman. It's She wasn't humorless. Yeah, exactly. She she had depth. She had motivation. She wanted to uh, not only play with kids, but she wanted to be helpful to other toys, too. That is where she found her true calling. And in the you know in the end... It's kind of like what spurs Woody to be like, not, you know, it starts as a selfish obsession. Oh, wait, that's Bo's lamp. Is Bo here? Could I find her? And then spirals into him coming to terms with what he actually wants out of life now, too. And if we're going to talk about uh, female characters, probably the best villain that Disney's done in a while because she's not a villain, Gabby Gabby. She's not. I she's not. Like, she's I, She's an antagonist, but she's not... A 
villainous. She's villainous, but not... She has selfish desires and goes about them the wrong way, but by the end, you realize that she has been looking from afar for decades, just waiting for her one chance. And you realize that Woody has been extremely lucky and fortunate and had two kids and been the favorite toy and he's had this really blessed life and and you see that not only with her but with other toys like oh man you've had a kid or uh, you've had two kids like man i had one kid and then he tossed me and i've not had anything since or i've never had a kid and like they've and they say that you hear multiple different toys say that and at one point uh the two side characters ducky and bunny are like you know how long we've been up there three years Three years we've been waiting to ha- uh, get a kid, and it's it, it really shows that the uh, that w- is what they want, and the people helping or these toys, you know, playing with all the kids means that there are other options out there that Woody had not ever considered. So this Gabby character basically sitting on a shelf preparing herself for this child, which I thought this was going to go. Like single white female, like yeah. this is the perfect life for me. I, I I will have it, or no one else will, or even uh, not even single white female, but a uh, fatal attraction. Yeah, I will not be ignored, Harmony. But she doesn't. She's it's sad. It's so very sad. She, you never feel like she's trying to trick anyone. She she's single minded. She needs a voice box. So she can have her one chance with Harmony. She's been practicing and practicing how to have tea parties. It's going to go great. She's the one. She's the only one for me. And then after getting a really compelling argument, Woody's like, okay. And then, yeah, it goes in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to go. I thought she was going to be like, it was because of, your, because of you or because of your voice box that she didn't want me. It, it, like, she was not going to look inside or realize that, you know, it could have been something else. But in fact, she does. She very much looks that that it was her that she didn't want. It, she idolized this child for so long, and she never stopped to think that maybe she didn't want to play with her. And what you see, I don't know if you realized it, they made it pretty blatant, but that Harmony looked exactly like the storybook. Yeah. Like, exactly. Even to, like, the dress color. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. Yeah. Like, that's a way to play a Stinky Pete character or a Lotso Huggin' Bear. Someone who's like, I need this out of life. This is the only thing that matters. I need this. And then when they don't get it, instead of to blame others, to be like, so life has to be different now. We have to grow up. We have to move on. We have to understand what's... You know, we, we have to get up and try again and again and again and again. And then I was going to be my that was going to be an issue I had with it because she had made life terrible for other people, other toys that she had ran this antique shop, you know, not down to the ground, but almost similar to like Lotso a bit. And I was going to be like, well, how is Bo Peep going to feel? You know, because she had to deal with this person for a while. And then all of a sudden Bo Peep shows up and she's like, you know he's right and basically forgave her and i'm like oh holy shit you know now this may this may still be the wrong choice or the the wrong character motivation but i still felt like instead that kind of took care of like that that question I immediately that i had i'm like oh shit you know she still did wrong you know even though woody is trying to help her move on she still did wrong she has to make reparations but she did yeah, to be fair, the movie is kind of vague about what exactly she was doing to the other toys. Like, we never really get, uh, oh, she was mean to them, she was cannibalizing their parts, she was... She doesn't sound like she was doing anything except wanting to be, like, the perfect doll on the shelf. Right. And the only weird thing that we see her do is repaint her freckles. Yeah, like, that's it. And then she, just, she wants to look, like, new. She wants to always look perfect so that she looks most appealing to when harmony finally does talk to her exactly so and then the when uh, we'll, we'll leave that we'll leave that for for the for you the the listener the viewer to experience for yourself but when they do kind of give her a redemption it's very well done like yeah. i pixar can always drag a tear out of me that's why i cried 
I I was very moved um, during that. So, um, what do you say we um, do our uh, sponsor dome uh, as we <laughs> let's let's drag a tear out of you with my wonderful rendition of uh, the our, audible plug. The audible plug. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash to the idea to get started today. And remember, that is T-O, not the numeral two. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and much more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Our recommendation for you, the listener, today would be The Pixar Touch, The Making of a Company. That is going to be by David A. Price, narrated by David Drummond. We uh, we are both very big Pixar fans, um, have seen pretty much all the Pixar movies except... Cars two and three, we even watched the Good Dinosaur, and we were the, were some of the few people that liked the Good Dinosaur. Uh, I don't know very many other people, and then it's like I remember someone said that it was a flop in Pixar's eyes, which I'm like, oh, that really stinks because I enjoyed it. I don't, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the best, but I put it on the same level as like Brave or um, Brave. <laughs> It's definitely mid tier or mid low tier. So, uh, but yeah, if you we wanna... like those behind the scenes looks at uh, companies like Disney or Pixar, those who are so prevalent in the pop culture zeitgeist, it's really interesting to see where they came about from, how they have done what they've done for so long. Uh, especially, uh, maybe the book can tell you why they did not do a Pixar short this movie yeah uh that's that is um something i'm curious about i'm gonna have to look up the trivia uh on this movie after we are done to me that seems emblematic of a studio that's being forced to put out too many movies too quickly or they're trying to move away from it and which would absolutely stink in the midst of opening up that program where people can like share their stories and get them animated like the whole reason that bow exists at all is because of this brand new program that they brought in to say hey we want people from different walks of life telling stories here here's your chance to do it it would be a real shame at this point to now stop making the shorts now maybe maybe they'll do it in a different way instead of releasing it with the movies which i to be honest bow was good it was not the best I know. So, I, I I know I've talked about that a hundred thousand times. So, um, so we recommend the Pixar Touch. I also recommend. Um, I think it was the Pixar Story. It was a three part documentary about how Pixar got started in the first place, and it is uh, a great uh, insight. And it was up till I want to say Toy Story two or either. And I think it was before Wally, definitely before Wally. So, um, but that I remember watching that. It was really interesting. Um, or if you want something of the lighter fare, there's also the Disney Pixar Storybook Collection by Disney Press, narrated by Andrew Eden. Um, if you want some kids' uh, stories, yeah, we can see uh, Inside Out, Finding Nemo, Cars, and the Good Dinosaur on the cover. So, so some good selections there. But jumping back into it. Yeah, there was not a um, a short, which was disappointing. I'll have to do a little bit of investigation on that. I want to talk about the three new editions real quick. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into them. Uh, I want to talk about Ducky and Bunny real quick because Key and Peele have obviously uh, impacted our entertainment society for the better. Key and Peele have made some incredible comedic sketches and I thought they were going to be instant, just win me over, stuff like that. And truth be told, they got to be a bit much. Really? I didn't find them to be obnoxious at all. I'm, I'm, I won't call them obnoxious. I just feel like they gave them too much screen time. Uh, these characters didn't serve as much of a purpose as they could have. It was, it was evident. And I've said this in the past where I'm like, 
mean, they really needed to give this actor, this actress more breathing room, allow them to fill in the space more or improv more, you know, just be more in this character. They let Key and Peele run with these two characters. Key and Peele were Ducky and Bunny, and I, and the movie was benefiting from it, but almost a little bit too much. I think I haven't been oversaturated with them as much as you have. I don't see them often. So for me, much like Keanu Reeves, who just ghosted by me without me ever realizing it was Keanu until... Oh, we'll get to that. I thought they were really funny. They added a, a fun new life to it. I feel like if this movie was going to work, it had to work because it had to move on. It had to do something different. It had to bring in new characters that could tell the story and give it life. And I thought that they were going to do that with Bonnie's toys, but it looks like instead they went a different way with that and then encouraged the large ensemble cast. Which makes me sad because there was some, there was some decent potential with Bonnie's toys. I can see why I think with Andy's toys, the, unfortunately they did have, they've had it two at least two people pass and while Sean is getting on in years and don't um, say that uh and you know there's already you know people are getting advanced so I don't know how they'll they'll do if they'll do a five if where the hell they'll go with the story but yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do anymore with this honestly I don't know why they were going going with this but it's interesting uh, i know you didn't watch cars 3 and you don't have to um but oh, oh god oh everyone okay yeah we're good we're okay. good okay uh you don't have to watch cars 3 but yeah there's some stark similarities between cars 3 and toy story 4 and nothing to do with um more so our main characters lightning mcqueen and woody um both of these plots are about dealing with their own irrelevance about dealing with how they've become passe that they are no longer what is popular anymore and i wouldn't call them terms, passe i would say I, I their mean, time I, has passed yes there are newer toys it's not for them and the world is not for them anymore it's and it's them coming to terms with that and it's a very metatextual way because they talk about you know pixar's doing new things and doing uh, copies um and it's not just that it, it really is a similar thing when you look at the two of them together. It's interesting to see Pixar as it's evolving, starting to... It's like Disney getting meta on itself. Every live-action remake is responding to critiques of the original, being the Beast props most egregiously. But Pixar, in its own ways, being like, yeah, so there are tons of other companies now, and we have to show you guys that, you know, that's the kind of story we're here to tell, that... We may all be irrelevant, but we still have worth just in a different way than we had anticipated. Yeah, um, I I thought, and of course, we didn't end up seeing Cars 3, uh, which we probably need to fix because we could probably skip Cars 2 just in general. But Cars 3, to me, seemed like it was going to be Lightning McQueen was going to be the Doc Hudson to someone else. Uh, but then it turned out it, was, it ended up being kind of like a rocky Balboa thing. And then it didn't really look like it was, it, they didn't do much, anything new with the story. Why it didn't really do as well. Whereas this one, it it is kind of reminiscent of Toy Story 2 where he is fighting with, oh, what's going to happen when Andy's done playing with you? Well, He's now faced that reality and moved on because Andy was done playing with him, but he he donated him to another child. Um, but even then, the child wasn't in, has even kind, already kind of moved past him. So maybe he can find a different way of keeping not only relevant but helping other people out at the same time. Because while being played with is part of who he is as a toy helping others getting that moment of the pure joy and helping and everything like that that's what makes it all about and you see it very early in the movie and then late a couple times later on so yeah and he's never mean to forky he's never no like oh you're gonna be a new favorite uh no the entire time he's like this is bonnie's this is who's gonna help her get through kindergarten 
and we have to make sure that he stays safe no matter what. I want to, I want to like this movie because it doesn't need to exist, but it does a good job. However, it does by elevating Bo Peep, a character who I'm glad now has a much better arc than she did in the first three movies, where she's literally written off in the third movie with a line. Yeah, that, I mean, w- that thank was so you. strange that they did that. Thank you for doing that, but at the same time, the entire rest of the cast of characters are just in the back of the RV for the entirety of the movie. Like, I think Rex has a line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, I, you know, you... Why have them in the movie to begin Or, like, in, in the RV to begin That's with. what I'm saying. We got this whole perfect ending with Toy Story 3, so this just feels like a whole big postscript. By the time all the other guys come out, like, you kind of get the feeling that Woody would have gone back to Bo Peep and not said goodbye to anyone else unless they had come out of the RV. Like, uh, so just, that's why it's just to say goodbye, so... Yeah, like, you would kind of feel like, okay, bye, and you just say bye to Buzz, because, like, Buzz has been, like, him and Buzz have been, like, the bromance for this entire thing. So it would be, you know, it just felt like, oh, yeah, the rest of you are all here. Okay, come on. You know, they spent all that time saving RC, and RC isn't in the back of the RV. Just, like, there's all these little things and throwaway R- lines. RC didn't go to Bonnie, though. That's right. So, like, see, like, we totally forgot that RC did not exist in these movies for a while. All these, like... It does. It feels like they're addressing things, just retroactively going back in and saying, because we couldn't bother to make Bo Peep an interesting character then, we're now going to make her the central focus here. And it's just, it strikes me as all very meta, just very meta in a way that okay, well, m- movies uh, well, from 20 years ago won't. How about this? No, I'm not trying to defend the movie. I'm just trying to play, not even play devil's advocate. Just don't look at it as meta. It's in, just, it's really hard not to. Okay, try. Just give it a just give it a fair shake, and don't look at it as meta. Where they, because with the Beauty and the Beast and the even the Aladdin and them do, yeah, that that's the Disney company trying to do that on purpose. With and possibly them bringing back Bo Peep is trying to apologize for how they how they did her dirty in three, but just look at this as what they did or just look at it take it as more of a face at face value to an extent like don't look at it as 100% meta look at it as 25 to 50% meta yeah it's for me though it's a weird jump for three movies for way to say that to everyone and to have to be told to him and two that there's nothing better than being played with and loved by a kid that is the ethos that is the pathos of these movies nothing better than that that's why it's not good to go to a museum and have children just adore you forever uh it's why it's not okay just to go with andy off to college and sit on his mantle for all eternity there's nothing better than being loved with and played with by a kid so in this one, to be like, well, now Bo Peep is the most important thing to me and being with her is the most important thing. It's a weird flip-flop after Woody did such a good job about letting go and being Bonnie's toy now. So strange that now they're going to say, and that faded too, and now Woody's dealing with his own irrelevance. It's, it, it strikes me as meta because the plot doesn't seem a continuation of the arc that was there before so maybe don't look at it as a continuation of that arc but it's its own new arc well it just feels like a postscript then it feels like you could have said the whole story in three sentences okay so that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say is don't look at it as that like um it's hard Everyone has to. Everyone tends to think of stories as blah, 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 one, two, and three, and then if it's got to be four, it's got to be a continuation of three. Not always necessarily. It can be. It can have the same characters, but it can be a new story. There are uh, stories out there that do this kind of thing. I cannot think of an example off the top of my head. I do apologize about that. But there are ones that it's not necessarily within the Toy Story mythos, but it's you know maybe the characters. It, this that arc did complete. I'm not trying to do 
defend this movie. I'm trying to show you that maybe this is what the director or the story, the writers were going for. But by making the story completely about Woody's journey, they keep arcing him. He never gets to have grown. He is always growing. He's never learned. He is always learning. If they had tied him and Forky's story together a lot longer through the narrative, learning more about each other, then yeah, I actually would have liked this movie a lot more because it'd be reflective of how they're not so different, you and I, and how you grow and learn that way. It wouldn't have felt like a retread. But as it stands, I don't know where you would go with a fifth one at this point because now the cast of characters is completely split apart and you have to decide who is the main focus of this and will Woody ever see any of them again? Probably otherwise won't be a fifth movie because what will Woody have to learn next time? He's now learned that it's okay to be loved by a kid. It's okay to share a kid. It's okay to be eventually thrown away by a kid. It's okay to belong to many kids. It's okay to help others. Like he's learned. What else does Woody have to learn before he's allowed to rest? Dang it! <laughs> well, that might be the that might be the thing is is this they might be done. I I don't know. I really don't know because I I can't predict what will happen because I was th- I thought after three they were done. Yeah. Um, the way it ended and the way they were kind of saying, oh, look at you know this the way this story is ending. I thought they were done, and the way this one kind of it almost is open ended that. It could come back. And this feels like a this feels like a movie interpretation of a television series. It feels like this is setting up a TV series. It doesn't feel like well, maybe with Disney Plus, it it's a possibility. Like it feels. I like hope not, but it's possible. The fact that they split them up, and the fact that they're now with this traveling carnival that goes to different locations, they're meeting all these different characters along the way. It feels like they're setting up a television show. It, it's possible. I don't think it is, but it's a possibility. So it's hard to look at this movie by itself it's kind of the whole problem with why is three not as good as it could be because it can't stand on its own you have to look at it with two two and one now two can almost stand completely on its own that's why it's better than the rest yeah because it almost stands up on its own you don't have to rely on one and three and four whereas with three and four you have to watch you know the other one so i i guess you know i i kind of see what you're saying with this but at the same time i'm i'm, I'm still i'm kind of defending the story writers just a hair even though i just said it wasn't it's one of those i kind of see what they were trying to do i see the path that they had set on they just didn't finish the journey you know what i mean and when i say that it's meta what, what i'm what i'm implying when i say when you say divorce the two it's really hard to do that, not only with a Disney property, but with a sequel Disney property. They wouldn't make it unless it made money, first and foremost. So once you have that down, you have to say, okay, if I want to make another Toy Story, where am I supposed to go with these characters who had the perfectly wrapped up arc, as it were? Like, again, if this had been more about Woody and Forky, like, I think I would have figured, I, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I don't know. Hard to say. I don't think I would have. I, I think it would have not worked as well. Oh, Forky just, like, he feels like an afterthought by the end of this movie. Like, the whole thing is to save him, save him, save him. But he just feels like comic relief. He doesn't feel like he's integral to Woody learning more about himself. Or, you know, he, he's... Uh, I just don't think he's that strong enough of a character to carry that kind of... Oh, yeah, they didn't develop him, like, at all. Remember, the first movie deluded Buzz Lightyear thinking he's an actual space ranger while slowly usurping Woody's power within the bedroom. It's it's a great interweaving of Woody's perception of himself versus this other character learning something about themselves. Yeah, but Buzz had a lot had a lot more potential for a character. Forky did not. Forky had no no more potential than they had in the movie basically. Like, they, they r- r- wrung it out, and they, we got all that we could. 
Oh no, they just kept and, doing and the it's same nothing joke. Against, it's nothing against the writers. It's nothing against the directors. It's not even against the actor himself. No, the like the for me the representation of Forky is that children create their own fun. Yeah, why are you trying to say this character is better than he was? Because no, no. he wasn't. No, no, no. It's not that Forky. He, what Forky symbolized was an idea that they left completely in the dustbin. Yeah, because if you did, it wouldn't be a kid's movie anymore. <laughs> uh, anything it, a child writes their name on now has sentience. Exactly. That's like they basically tiptoed around that, but basically said that if you if a child writes their name on it and says that this is blah 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 a my toy, it's basically a toy. It has sentience now. That's what they're saying. And that they're they're they've already set up that quicksand, but they're not diving into it. Sorry, that's I that's all I'm I'm it's all I'm gonna put on it. It would have been a way for the toys to learn something about themselves, I feel like. How much more okay, I know with what we were just talked about, but how much more can they learn about themselves? Like like the, you're you're talking like full on like why do we exist existentialism. Yep. This is still a fucking kids movie. They're not gonna do that. At least not they could have gone further into it, and I'm surpri- I, I am a little surprised that they didn't. But they're not going to go. You're wanting to for them to go off the deep end. They're not. They dipped their toes in the water. I'm surprised they didn't put their feet into the water. You're expecting them to go completely under. Well, no. What I was thinking is that if a child's imagination is a thing that gives a thing life, like what if we started playing around with the idea that a child's imagination could do that? With anything, and maybe not just even physical objects, but things that don't exist, like daydreams and nightmares. What if an imaginary friend, what if Bing Bong showed up in the room and he's alive and he has sentience because a child They've already dreamed explored of them. that because it happened in Inside Out. No, no, out in the physical world. What if, <sighs> I don't know, it, like if you're going to... Then go write for Pixar because I'm sure they would love that. If you're going to drop Forky into the mix, you've got to give me more than, oh, what a quirky side character. Or at least go right for the game theorist. I want to talk about Duke Kaboom and then ask her a question because you've already have dove into a rabbit hole that I can't follow. Duke Kaboom. Well, it, is a, it is a rabbit hole. It's pretty small down there. Uh, Duke Kaboom was a fun character. Very fun. Bless you, Keanu Reeves the internet's boyfriend you are a treasure you did a very good job i didn't realize it was him i knew it was him the whole time but it was so hard to hear it was him for most of it because i'm like i'm like i'm listening for that typical keanu tombra yeah yeah and he he surprised me i was very very much surprised and it he did an incredible job and i love the the poses that that they put him in because i think i had a toy like that you couldn't remove him for the poses but you could kind of pose like on the bike that he had uh so cool yeah and see though that was a fun character and i liked the commentary that they supposed with him like oh i can do this from the commercial and he tries and of course doesn't look nearly as good as the commercial does but also that kid wound it up once or twice instead of going like a hundred times like a actual kid would uh no aaron have you ever seen a child play and be like oh you're not doing it right but knowing that if you get involved it'll just wreck that child's day i suffer that all the time with our nephews it's like you're not doing okay no no it's okay keep enjoying it it's good also when i was a kid and i had a wind up thing i would wind it up once but oh okay and then i would wind it up to see how much i could physically wind it up to and then let that shit go (laughs) machin you disappoint me so but Duke Kaboom was a fun addition. I, like, and I and I want to make sure that people understand. I'm not ragging on Ducky and Bunny, uh, Key and Peel. They were a good addition. Key and Peel are funny. I just felt like they gave them too much room to work with. Like if they had pulled them back, reined them in just a little bit more, I think it would have been a, a bit better. Because there are sometimes when, like Rebel Wilson. Like, if you don't keep her reined in, she gets annoying very quickly. Or even uh, Melissa McCartney. If you don't keep her reined in or if you don't give her boundaries to play in, 
Like, even if it's a big boundary, if you don't give her boundaries to play in, she gets annoying. And I don't, I'm not sure why I'm choosing actresses, because there's definitely a lot of actors who are the same way. Seth, Seth um, Rogen can be that way. Uh, Jesse uh, Eisenberg, because he definitely had no boundaries playing uh, Lex Luthor. So I watched Get Out, and it was really cool. I'm actually getting ready to watch Us to see how that turned out. So I'm very interested, though I, I heard Twilight Zone isn't that good. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Uh, I also heard that Disney did not give any reason as to why there was not a short. The first movie, the first Pixar movie in 26 years to not have a short, which started with Toy Story 1. There's no reason. They speculate that because of the 21-minute-long Olaf's Frozen Adventure that people were actively rebelling against in the theater, which was the last short that Disney did, where... Olaf has that little singing adventure about, oh, no one needs me. I go on my own and they'll go looking for him. And it's I 20 on- minutes long. I honestly do not remember this. And Olaf, sing- that, that's not Pixar. That's Disney's. But that was the last time there was a short. That was the last short that was in front of a Disney slash Pixar joint. Uh, There's speculation that because of that and how the audience turned, like, oh, my gosh, it was so long that they decide, well, okay, we'll just not do any then. Once again, failing to recognize that perhaps just a good story told tightly would be the better thing to do as opposed to a way to sell new toys. Hire the person that did one small step and you're golden. Hell, hire any of them that did any of the Oscar-nominated shorts and you'd be golden. Or just do just keep doing three-minute sections of Frozen 2 because, oh my God, it looks so good. All right, here, I'll take away the shorts. You know what? You guys have had your time in the sun. Let other filmmakers have their time. Or uh, the other storytellers have their time. Bring back the goddamn outtakes, you heartless bastards. I was at the heart. The outtakes were some of the most puzzling. I enjoyed them to pieces. But it suggests that the toys are actors acting as toys. I don't want to think about it. I just want to laugh. <laughs> so I have uh, a rating scale for the four Shrek movies. Uh, <laughs> Shrek 2, Shrek 1, Shrek 4, and then Shrek 3. Really? You put Shrek 4 above Shrek 3? Shrek 4 was so much better than Shrek 3. By Rumpelstiltskin and time travel? Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin was so much better Where- than Prince Charming. Where Shrek shouts, I wish I never had children and I never married you, and then goes out and time travels and learns a lesson. I find that morally Where reprehensible. Where he, uh, yeah, is it better than, oh, I don't want kids, so I'm going to ju- run off on an adventure with an annoying King Arthur? Yeah. Oh, perhaps what we're saying is that Shrek is just bad? No, because Shrek 2 is funny as hell, and Shrek 1 was pretty good, too. Yes. And Shrek 4 actually had a halfway decent soundtrack. <laughs> there's a there's a dance song when it, for Rumpelstiltskin's like palace or whatever thing. It was pretty funny. Or pretty uh, good. Barracuda, uh, Ice and Snow. There's a bunch of good songs from a three. Nine Crimes. I've already named three and you couldn't even name one from the fourth. John Hamm plays a goddamn ogre. Fight me. <laughs> oh boy, I can see that our subversive fairy tales are going to be another thing we're going to have to review. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch just three and four and see which one is actually the better one of the two. Mm-hmm. All right, so we probably both agree that two is the best mm-hmm. and one is the second best. Yes. Which hurts because one is so groundbreaking. It was the first full-length 3D movie ever made and it won all the awards and was so well done. Tom Hanks, you are a goddamn treasure. Two probably also has the best animation. Hear me out on this. It's too good. <sighs> Toy Story was, 4, it's too good. It there looks, were parts where we're like, is the, like, it honestly looks like... Did they film the rain? The toys don't look like toys anymore. They look like people 
there i remember with finding nemo they actually had to bring back the animation on the water because people thought oh you just recorded water and then put a pe- uh, fish in it so yeah. this is they've they've hit that they've hit that wall again because there was parts uh, there's like a raining scene now i'm like you guys just recorded it didn't oh they you? do that in cars three the rain is just the most spectacular thing you've ever seen oh my god like okay i mean first off pixar you crazy you crazy you, you crazy you guys are just absolutely insane how good you are animating right now fuck me good god i mean that's for you guys i mean like we're we're sitting here complaining about how good your animation is too good god stop one's animation was for how groundbreaking it was there's a lot of issues with it two on the other hand was a lot more polished and especially it still holds up there's a lot of jokes in two that are just absolutely hilarious the he's like i can't believe i have to drive all the way to work all the way to work and it's literally right across the street but then three that's that's gonna be my question and then we'll leave it at that go for it which one's better three or four four Uh, yeah i'm gonna agree it's yeah three i like for the intrigue and the mission impossible and the yeah, Ken. Oh, Michael God. Keaton as Ken. Shut up. I didn't know that was Michael Keaton. It was Michael fucking Keaton. Oh, bless. I'm the goddamn Batman. Isn't this... It's probably the up fallacy. The last 15 minutes of Toy Story 3 are so good and so poignant and so irrelevant and so gorgeous that you forget that most of the movie, there's a villain for no reason. It's... uh needlessly cruel Whoopi Goldberg as a weird purple octopus needlessly cruel in the way that it abandons characters and uh makes out children to be just the awfulest monsters after doing a very good job of showing kids interacting with toys in a believable way but not in a sadistic way like it does with three I loved my toys I could be sadistic at times yeah but that's not the way the movies set this up they've they've not done it that way but I think I like Ford just because, you know, it's it's hard to explain, hard to quantify, but I think I like it just for the fact that its antagonist has an arc and learns a lesson valuable, and it's not just a bad guy, good guy scenario, and that Woody learns something deeper about himself, and it seems to be about more than just that there's more than just one kid out there. Even more so than being passed on to Bonnie, something more about how I can live my own life without just a kid. I think, God, you know, I don't know anymore. I know I just said all those good things, but I can't say for certain anymore which is the better one. Form feels more complete. Form feels more solid. It has its issues. It has its its flaws, its drawbacks, but it could it stands on its own more so than three i think the problem is that three and four are almost the same movie if you break down the lesson woody learns which is the propelling plot of these movies it's almost the same thing woody making a conscious okay, choice so to... if they're almost the same movie which one does it better and that's that's that, that at that point if you're telling the exact same story four does it better than three all right that's... so then on that premise alone yeah i i say four because the the characters are better developed the ones that they spend time on i i, I hate that the the other characters from one and two aren't as prevalent like rex and the potato heads and um, even Slinky, but nah, two's two's just better all around. Buzz tells Woody, you know, like he says that somewhere in there is the toy that made me believe and understand what being a toy is all about, and and you're gonna see it one day. But in the three and four, he just becomes like comic relief, and I'm not sure when that happened, why but that see, happened. But with four, he is comic relief, but he still got that spark of two. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say four for for that reason alone. If if not if if not just for that reason. So two one four three. So the same same formula for Shrek basically. Basically. Because you know it's true. Everything I do. Shrek Forever After is better than Shrek the Third, or as I like to say, say Shrek the Turd. Because if you make Eric Idle unfunny, 
fuck you. Ah, uh, we all know my opinions on time travel in a movie. Simple wish. Aaron, if they can even hear that, they're listening to this way too loudly. Please don't make them crank up the volume. I will. No. Uh, so that is our our hot take. Our hot take on because <laughs> we can't just leave well enough alone. Nope. We are still continuing our hot, hot, hot summer of Disney. There's only two to go. That are upcoming. I mean, we still have other things that we can watch outside mm. of upcoming releases. There's only two to go. Uh, we might we might have like three or four. I'm not looking forward more. to that last that, one. I'm not either. We're uh, they just keep releasing promo pictures, and I don't understand why because they all look the same. Anywho, if you haven't already guessed what we're about to do, uh, and if you have any ideas for the summer of Disney, we would love to hear them. Uh, you know, because I know there was some talk about Pete's Dragon and uh, maybe some other fun Disney programming. But uh, be sure to go on to our sponsor dome or our sponsor. Or sorry, you're rambling, my dude. Help me then. Patreon. Yeah, go to our Patreon. If you want to be part of our sponsor dome, check us out. And, uh, you know, you know, listener, we love you. We love you 3,000. We love you 3,000. We hope you had a safe fourth. We hope you have a safe weekend, uh, Independence Day weekend, after the fact uh, that you stay hydrated, stay sunscreened up. And, and you uh, keep all your fingers and toes. Yeah. But beyond that... She's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And And we're we're married married to to the idea. idea.